guys welcome back it's sophie stay gold here for another series of the gold zone podcast uh, i just want to say thank you guys for tuning into the first one um, we just really picked it up recently and i'm excited to get back in here and this is something that i can do um, and put out even more often than all the other video content just because this is a little bit easier to upload and kind of share my thoughts as we go um, so in the first episode we kind of talked about you know like becoming a barber what you're looking for what are your options um, dealing with just like that mental stress of like comparing ourselves on what we see on social media you know it's a different time and in this one I want to go over just kind of like my first experience of finding a shop and just kind of giving you guys like a different background scenario so you kind of understand uh, one of the things that a lot of people ask me is like you know I want to gain respect from people I want to make impact I want to do this I want to do that but you just got to remember to slow yourself down and just focus on just learning whatever you need to do first and then you can decide all of those things later for me when it comes to impact and just being able to you know gain respect that's just comes from the work that you do you know the that's a result that's a side effect of just the hard work that you've already laid out and you know building that foundation is very important and that's kind of going to be the key thing that we're going to talk about here so i have a quote of the day i didn't do it for episode one but i think this would be a perfect time to use it um is if you follow me on instagram you guys know that i post quotes literally all the time and it's just a way for me to kind of like summarize things that I'm feeling and what I'm going through um, in just a couple words that sometimes in our heads it could be so long and then when you see it in a simple way it's just like easy to remember and they're really great reminders whenever I feel stuck Um, so this one is going to be if it were easy everyone would do it I think it's super relatable to barbering because sure it is a very saturated industry a lot of people are getting into it all the time and if you remember from the episode one that i just posted um we talked about how much it's grown just up until 2020 you know it's worth about an estimated 4.9 billion dollars that is a lot of opportunity not only for us as the artists but also potential clients that are really heavily making barbershops part of their lifestyle and it's just a great way to really grow yourself into so many directions like there's just a lot of opportunity and so you just can't forget that you feel like you can't make it out there because you definitely can um so you know the the road to becoming a barber i would say is probably the hardest in the beginning because this is where we're trying to figure out what's the best shop that we need to be in how do we promote our growth how do we build clientele you know like that's one of the things that we're all trying to balance and let me just kind of go through just like the different types of shops and what i think would help people kind of really grow to the best that they can Uh, when i was first looking for a shop i was just trying to look for anything to be honest like i had no prior experience so i was just trying to find someone that was willing to give me a chance so that i can learn you know, through the job experience. And once I found a shop, you know, it wasn't your type of barbershop that was like all females. And there's nothing against that. Like I even tried out for places like sports clips, you know, it's all female barbers and they dedicate all their time to just cutting men's hair. And it's kind of like a sports theme, right? Um, Places like that. I went to just regular neighborhood shops, you know, uh, that kind of direction and here's the difference and sometimes I think when I talk about this subject online people are like what like that sounds weird I've always gone to female barbers but here's the difference between like regular barbershops and then theme barbershops is that when you go to work in a shop with all females you 
actually avoid all the different scenarios that come with growing in the field. It's almost to me in my head, uh, like a sheltered way of going through the industry. It's a different world. And of course, I know everyone has their own specialty place that they want to fit in. And if that makes you feel more comfortable, then by all means, go do it. I'm just giving you guys kind of a perspective on maximizing your growth and your value at the harder level, which is if I'm trying to gain respect from a majority of the community, which is mainly guys, I have to be on the same playing field as them. So with me jumping into a regular barbershop, it was me, let's see, the first shop that I was at, there was, let's see, I've, I've been through a couple shops and for the most part, I had been the only female at the time for the longest. And then by the time we had more girls, I think I was like on and out and moving to the next shop. Uh, so you can imagine how intimidating that could be working against guys, trying to get all the clients. Um, But the one thing that really helped me was in the early stages when you are getting into these shops and you are nervous, like that is something that you cannot avoid. We are all scared. Uh, The first fade client that I even had, I was like literally sweating the entire time. I couldn't even hold a conversation because I was so nervous. I'm still learning how to do the craft. I was doing like even like two hour haircuts and it was really scary and difficult because I'm like, fuck, this guy's not going to come back. He's sitting too long. I can tell by the way he's fidgeting, but I just got through it. You know, I allowed myself to take as much time as I needed. Two hours was insane, but eventually I learned how to kind of like break into some conversation to get them to get more comfortable and just make it not feel like such a long process. But looking back at it now, what it allowed me to do not saying that everyone needs to do two-hour haircuts, but like don't stress on the little things as much. It wasn't that every haircut was two hours. It was just the, the super difficult fades sometimes took up to two hours. Um, but what that did for me was that it taught me to understand exactly what I was doing, what steps I was taking, how I could improve it. It was almost a way for me to really like watch my direction, watch my flow of how these haircuts were turning out and also a way for me to take notes on like, okay, next time I actually can just take this guideline higher and then I won't have to go back and do those little itty bitty steps in between. You know, you're able to kind of watch over what you were doing um, and that helped me a lot. And when you think about just like types of clients, this is another way that um, I think would really help a lot of people is when you are working in these shops and you know you, you usually you start off as like a at a walk-in shop commission would probably be the most helpful for people building their clientele because you don't have to worry about paying a monthly rent i mean a weekly rent to build a clientele that you don't even have yet so commission is a very common way that many of us start i started off that way as well i think when i first got in it was like 55 percent and it just depends on the shop some people start at 50 some at 45 uh, it varies uh, by uh, by the shop and who runs it and then if we a- we were able to do a certain amount of clients then you can cap off at a higher percentage eventually like that it was just a way that different shops did their business but having the commission definitely helped a lot because I didn't have to worry about like if I'm slow and I don't have the money for rent I didn't have to worry about that so that's kind of the the great way of uh, starting at a commission shop Um, But to also learn, this is like the learning phase. You have to really allow yourself to test yourself as hard as it is to take every type of clientele that comes through that door. Um, 
at the time when I was like really kind of like learning how to do fades, I would take everything down to the squirmy little kids, you know, like I tried everything at least once to understand. I've tried designs and till this day, I don't do designs. I'm not artistic in that way. I can't see how to shade out lines and you know, that kind of stuff. I can do like basic lines, but I couldn't do, you know, stars that look 3D and that kind of stuff. But I did try it at one point and the way that it is is that you learn whatever you need to do because what happens later is that you're building your value for the future eventually you're going to get to a place where you have the versatility you can accommodate more clientele and that makes you more valuable because you don't cater to just one type and uh, i see a lot of people make that mistake sometimes and then eventually you know they're doing so much of one style they're just like how do i branch off and do something else like now I want to do European crops, but I never get them. And the answer is you get what you promote. That's the, the most simplest way. If you're constantly doing side part combovers, you're never going to get that Euro crop because that's all you're posting. Um, so to throw that off, if you already are, you know, doing, you got a flow of clientele, you want to tap into something new, you got to start finding and seeking those models out. And even if they're not the people that are walking into your shop, you know, find them do a haircut on them, uh, take some pictures, do some content, and then promote that because the more that people can see that you can do, the better that's going to attract the different types of clientele that come to see you next. You know, like I try, even till this day, I've noticed a difference. Like the shop that I first started at, we were only doing short buzz cuts with tapers and fades and then side parts. There was nothing like super modern, textured like type of cuts until I started promoting it, I noticed it right away. I was like, oh shoot, there's people seeking me out. Even though this shop is super traditional, like haircut styles, I was getting a lot of the modern, like textured types of like edgy cuts. And it was only because I was promoting those type of type of looks. So think about even just like your overview of like your social media as you're building it. Like what are you promoting? Because what you promote is, is is truly what you're gonna attract back into your clientele. Um, okay, so now let's go into just like building that client list in the beginning. You know, it's hard. It's like, how do you get people to trust you if you don't even have that that experience yet? You know, you're still in that building process. And this is really important because I was using family members, I was using really close friends, and you know, they would allow me to try different things. and. Even if you think it's not good enough, like this is a really crucial point because you need to have something. And if people notice that you're working hard and you're excited about what you're doing, there's going to be a group of people that are going to come forward and want you to cut their hair. And doing the haircut is 50%, but sometimes people just like you and they'll be willing to pay and come to you just so they can have a moment a session to kind of like hang out with you and at the same time get it get a decent haircut even if you don't think your cut is a one yet trust me at every stage of your career you're gonna attract the right type of clientele that's just fitting for that moment even if you know the work could be better because that's gonna come with time you can't ever stress that just because you're not good enough right now it doesn't mean you're not gonna get the clientele like when I think about the first couple moments like if I had really good conversation with these clients, they would just come back regardless, even though maybe my cuts weren't as clean yet. They just enjoyed the process. And as long as I didn't mess it up, you know, like I would kind of try my best to kind of gauge what I can do and what I can improve. Like I wouldn't just kind of um, 
try something completely different that I feel like I couldn't finish. So, you know, if you can't do a skin fade as perfectly yet, like build yourself up to it. You know, don't scare yourself and just kind of jump in. And if you do jump in, just be willing to put a little bit more time to make sure it's finished correctly. You know, um, a tip that I always give people when they're learning how to do like skin fades or tapers is to start a little longer and then work your way down. So if you're trying to do a skin taper and say the guy has like a two on the side all over, finish off instead of a two with like, you know, regular box uh, sideburns, like finish it with a one, finish it with a half guard, you know, so you're, you're getting that taper, but it's not completely skinned to where you feel like you're going to lose control and not be able to finish it. And as you get better at doing that kind of graduation, then take it down, take it down to a clipper no guard and then move it down further. You know, this is a way for you to like fine tune it as you go versus like, okay, I'm just going to put a bald line in and then just hope for the best, you know, like understand the process because that's going to help you in the motion of you cutting versus just jumping into it. So you have the idea, you know the structure and the the system that you're following and then you fine tune it and get it tighter each time. And the best thing about the beginning is that you get to watch your haircuts evolve, especially if you build these good relationships with your clients, is that you can see the progression on each of them grow as the, um, you know, the more that you cut them. So one thing that I really did was take pictures. And at first, I was actually just taking pictures just to build like my portfolio, you know, it wasn't the best work, but you got to be proud of the moment that you're in. And if you're not, it's going to be really hard as you move on, especially if you're using, um, you know, social media to promote because as when, when you're putting yourself out there, you got to be ready for the judgment. Like it comes in all forms. It comes in from many directions, even till this day, as good as I can get my fades, like they're not perfect, but, you know, I always feel like everything can be improved, but I feel like my fades are pretty damn good compared to what, where it used to be when I started. Somebody somewhere is still going to say something about it, and that's just something you got to be okay with and not feel as sensitive towards. Like, So that's just giving you an idea that the critiques, the judgment doesn't really go away, but you, I honestly don't even care about it anymore because it's my work. The clients are happy. They're returning. Like, that's all that really matters. And I think that's what, what makes people afraid of posting their work. But if you document it in a way that says, hey, I'm still learning, I'm still doing this because I'm eventually going to get better at it, you're owning up to where you're at. And that is the only way that you can grow. If you try to avoid all of those spots, it's going to be really hard to grow your portfolio or you're just not going to have enough work to post. So that is something that I even teach in my social media classes is just be proud of the work that you're doing and document it. It doesn't have to, you don't have to say like, okay, this is my level 10 fade, you know, like just talk about it, like be, be open about it. Like, Hey, I really love doing tapers, like come through, you know, like you don't have to say certain things. Like if you're, I feel like if you're like transparent with like your audience, this is a really great way to also start building people to trust you because when it comes down to it, people don't buy just the finished product, you know, that of course is one thing, but there's different types of people that function a different way. And a lot of times, like even till this day, when I get people, they might not even come in with what, with what they want. It's just like, 
I just want you to decide. And that's a really good place to be because what it is is like they see from a distance how excited you are to cut hair that you're that you see things a different way, that you take it more serious, that you take it more as an art to where they're just paying for you because they are noticing how much you love doing it. And that is something that you got to think about too. Like it's not just about the finished product, but the way that you deliver it, the way that you package it and just how you represent yourself the best. And over time, this is how you will gain the respect from, you know, your employers, your coworkers, other people in the industry. People get, it's just, a, it's, a, it's a natural and organic way to grow your network when people just notice that you're just excited about what you do every day. And you know, the passion is going to follow. You, you, your passion isn't going to develop from when you walk into the door of the right place. It, it develops over time by doing it every single day. And if there is something in particular that you want to be good at, then that is the one thing you'd need to put more attention towards. You know, you are what you do. The more you do it, the more it becomes you, the more um, you grow in that craft and the better that it gets, you know? Okay, so... This is another area to think about is that, you know, sometimes people cut hair for a year or two and they feel like they've, they're burning out. They, they lose perspective on, you know, they're not seeing the results. They're not seeing people look at their work. They're not seeing enough eyes on their social media. There's just so many things that people lose sight of. Um, so you have to always think about like a couple of priority thoughts that you could put in your head, you know, in the back of your head every time you go into work of just like, why are you in this to begin with? If it's just for a reaction, you're not in the right place. The idea of doing something you love is that you don't really think about anything else. Like when I'm cutting hair, of all the things I've ever done in my life, cutting hair is the one thing that takes me away from my phone. Like I'm zoned out because I'm enjoying that moment so much of just being able to connect with people and being able to give them this haircut that I'm excited about, you know, and the more excitement I have is like showing them what their hair looks like. And that is the only time I'm ever zoned out so much. And this is kind of, um, once I started doing more of it and I realized like this was like kind of like my flow state and a flow state is exactly that. Like you just get lost in those moments because it's something you really care about. So if you are like feeling anxious about just like all those other outside things, like just put it to rest because those things naturally will come at the right time and everyone's time frame is going to be different. And I'm not saying that it could take 10 years, but if, if you find the things that you're excited about and you're able to invest even more time into it, those things could happen even faster, but it's more so organic than anything else. Like we can't beg for it. Um, this is something that I've also been learning. I know this is like completely off topic, but it's just, uh, you know, I've been tapping more into like spirituality and like, uh, the, you know, think energy, universe, all that kind of stuff. And one thing that really helps me kind of like break away from that anxiety of feeling like, okay, I need to have this at this time or this should be happening by this point, you know, is that if we try to hold on to things so badly, you're actually pushing those things further away from you. So when you function at a way where it's like desperate energy, where you're just like, I need this to happen, you're actually pushing that away from you. It's kind of like, think of that time when, um, 
I know everyone has gone through this, but imagine you losing your car keys, right? And you're just like, fuck, where is it? Like, I'm looking everywhere. It doesn't show up, right? Or if it's not the keys, it's the remote for the TV. The same thing. You're looking everywhere. It's like constant. You're like desperate to find it. And what happens? It's nowhere to be found. Then out of nowhere, it just shows up. And that is exactly how it happens even with the, the anxiety that we create in our heads for what we want in our lives. If we allow things to be and we're not holding on to things like so desperately, the things that you actually want will naturally gravitate towards you. And it's crazy and it feels like magic sometimes, but I go through this like almost every day and I notice it more because I'm just more um, on alert and aware of like these things. You know, I've kind of gone through this like uh, self-awareness building over the last couple years and it's been like a really great tool in my life but just noticing that the the more calm I react and function at I start to notice the things that I do want just naturally come in like even during like a moment in time where I had to rebuild my clientele from the beginning I moved to LA and one of the things was I was starting to lose a lot of money I went from having what like 60 clients a week to five I didn't even have enough money to even pay for my rent that I ended up having to work at two other places just to make enough money and this is in the middle of my career like after four to five years of doing super well being completely booked out I literally started from zero all over again I barely broke even and of course a part of me was just like man I'm just going deeper into the whole negative. I'm eating literally crap because I couldn't afford it, like dollar menu type shit. And, you know, nobody even knew about this. This was just something I was going through at the moment. And I just remember telling myself, I'm like, okay, you know, me overly freaking out about this isn't going to make it better. So I, I started to learn how to kind of like shift my energy a little bit into just like, okay, you know what? It's just part of the building process. This moment will pass. And I just kind of focused and uh, into different things. You know, this is a, around this point, I started to do um, more just like content building and stuff because I was like, okay, I'm in a new area. I have, I'm the new kid on the block again. So I got to rebuild myself. And so I started focusing on just like building my portfolio all over again, but now in a different city. And once I started to do that, I started to react and function at a calmer like energy level and then things started happening again you know like it just started to pick up and I noticed it right away because I was like so stressed out in one moment and the next it was just like okay things are just constantly happening for me and at this point you're learning as this is happening and that's the crazy thing about just like not not just barbering but in life in general like sometimes I am freaking out like what if I what if I what if this doesn't happen? What if that doesn't happen? And we, you know, we overcomplicate those things in our heads. But if you actually just let it be, you know, learn to observe your thoughts, but don't let them consume you completely. And um, a huge thing about even like if you guys follow me on Instagram, um, I have a books highlight bubble and I put them kind of in order from the first book that really helped me understand this, like this road of like, you know, mindset and consciousness. If you kind of follow that highlight bubble, I have the books in order from how I've read them. And it's literally helped me a lot, not only in in life, but in in my business, in my career, um, tremendously. It was like nine day. 
Like I was extremely broke four years ago now and my life has completely changed. I literally was able to um, flip my entire life around and be the most successful I've ever been because of my mindset shift and just applying myself in a different way. Like it's just crazy because when I think about it, it wasn't that long ago and that was when I first moved to a different city. Um, so you just have to really control and I don't mean control to like block out negative thoughts, you know, self-doubt, negativity. This is something that's really difficult in the beginning because, you know, we see so much. The barbering industry is so exposed online. It's really easy to compare ourselves to where we want to be. And it's great to have those in mind because you you want to be able to envision yourself, you know, that that type of um, vision is important as part of your planning because when you think about those things, they should be amping you up. Like I get excited uh, just knowing where I would like to see myself, but it's not in a way to handicap how I feel today of like, oh shit, I'm waking up today and it's still not happening. You know, you got to take it in a different perspective of just like, okay, this is where I know I can be one day. So I need to make sure that everything I do up uh, you know, up at every moment of today is building myself up for that, you know, and I've never, ever thought of that before. I just kind of like, you know, if I put in the work, I put in the hours, maybe I'll hit that goal, maybe not. But now it's like, I have a goal, I see myself doing it. And then every moment I can, am I maximizing my time? Am I challenging myself every day? Because if not, this is what happens, you're going to become stagnant, and you're going to feel like unmotivated. You're going to feel stuck. You're going to feel like you've thought about it, but then you never actually did anything about it. And that's a really important thing because motivation is going to follow your actions. The more that you do, the better it gets. Even when it comes down to content creating, this is something I even get stuck with. But the longer I wait to create things, the less creative I become. And I just feel like I'm like, fuck, I just feel like this creative block just never goes away. And so what happens is now I'm like, okay, what, what can I do today that's just putting me in motion? And I start doing, you know, a video piece for something. And then all of a sudden, if I do it all the time, you get better at it. And it's the same way with cutting hair. Like when you're cutting hair and you're doing it often, you're getting better at it every single time. So if it's social media, if it's content, if it's things for marketing, whatever it is that you're doing, the more you do it, the easier it gets. And just because you're active, the creative flow just happens so much better. And it's weird because um, I, I remember this one moment in time I started doing, what was it? I think it was YouTube. I was doing daily uploads, which sounds extremely crazy. I think back and I'm like, I don't know how I did it. Um, it only lasted about two weeks of doing it every single day because it was actually a, a huge toll but this was happening during maybe the first um maybe it was during the covid covid the first shutdown we had may i think it was around that time if not it was maybe earlier no i think it was okay yeah i was doing it every day so much i noticed a difference in myself i was like man i just feel really creative like my ideas were at the best level i've ever remembered in my life to where i'm 
able to brainstorm ideas for even the lab, for even Val. I was like, I don't know why I just have these ideas. It's just weird. Like they're just flowing. And that's when I realized I'm like, okay, if I'm trying to get better at something, I just need to do more of it and more often, you know? So that's something you really want to think about when you are um, tapping into like, you know, whatever kind of artistry you're looking to do, uh, do more of it. You're going to find out as you go through it, what's working and what's not. And it's like, you know, going back into the barbershop, if you're trying to learn barbering hairstyles, different types of fades, just do it. You're going to learn as you go through it. Um, if you're trying to do sponsorships, like just go, just create because people want to see what you can already do. And that's going to help you align with where you need to go. And we'll tap more into that in the future. Um, okay, so I know that took me a little bit off track, but it's super important because you have to really think about those things ahead of time. So you're not like freaking yourself out or feeling like, you know, is this worth it? You know, it's always going to be worth it if you make it worth it. Giving your time, giving your everything towards that one thing that you want. Like it's really, really important to focus all of your energy into the things you want to grow. Um, so that's really important. Okay, so feeling awkward in the barbershop. You know, this is something that happens to many of us when we are dealing with clients for the first time. It's like, what do you talk about? Um, I talked about this in a little bit on the first episode. It was just like, okay, I'm now having to deal with guy clients. Like, do I talk about sports? Do I talk about this? But, you know, think about the things you even talk about with your friends, your family members. It's literally the same thing. We just overcomplicate it in our head that we need to come up with some crazy, like, conversation. But it all starts with just asking them questions until you find something that sticks. And a trick that I like to do is I go through the first, you know, series of the same questions that everybody gets. You know, uh, do you live around here? What do you do for work? Um, what, what brings you to the shop? What was your past experiences like with other barbers? You know, just to kind of get a feel for like who they are and that kind of stuff. And then it would go into like, you know, hobbies, favorite TV shows. And once I find something that works... I let them tell the story. You know, this is going to really help your appointments because then you can just listen and cut. And then you kind of chime in when you can. But this allows them to have a good time because what people love most. And if you maybe you notice this, maybe you don't yet, but people love to talk about themselves. This is a really great business tool is that if you can get people like think about this, you've met some people before, right? You meet some friends and they're just constantly talking that they don't even give you time. Weirdly enough, you'll always remember like, you know what? I don't really like hanging out with this person or talking to this person because they're always talking about themselves. And then you meet those few people who just get it and they're so genuine about that approach of just like, hey, how are you? Like, what have you been up to? And it gives you an opportunity to share your story or a moment and you feel good about that friend. You're just like, man, I like this person. It's like they care about where I've been. And it's the same way of how we treat our clients. You know, I I don't really over, you know, storytell on my end unless that's something they want to they want to ask and talk about. But most of the time, I'm just like, yeah, like, tell me your story. You know, you giving them that that opportunity to shine and share who they are. It's weird, but they're going to really remember that and really enjoy that experience. And it just makes everything so much better. So I would love for you guys to try that and let me know how it works, because it literally is something that they'll remember like that, that trigger, that emotion. They're going to be like, man, this is like 
that friend that you always wish you had growing up that just was just there for you to listen to you. Um, so yeah, try that. Building that portfolio. Don't forget to take the pictures. Uh, even if you don't post it, save it for yourself. This is another thing that I learned through taking pictures is that it ended up working out that it was a way for me to actually analyze my haircuts. I was able to look at the haircut if it was a fade. I'm like, okay, I don't remember seeing this dent right here, but now I see it. Now I can fix it. You can't fix what you can't see yet. And using your photos, using your iPhone, because that's always available, you know, whatever cell phone that you have, use that to take the picture so that you have that on record. And then you can go home and you can study it. How do I make this part smoother? How do I get a more consistent blend? And especially if you're seeing, you know, these clients, typically in the beginning, I was seeing my clients maybe every week to two weeks. That was a pretty average uh, return time. And it was great because I could see the transitions like get better and better every, every time. Um, so take the pictures, study them, use it as a way to compare the work as time goes on. Um, and if it's not to your work, the even better part is that you can save pictures of haircuts from people you look up to. I was doing this even in the beginning as well. I'd find somebody on Instagram like, oh, that's a really clean fade. Visually, it makes sense. I just knew I couldn't do it yet. But I would save a picture. For example, Los Cut It, one of my homies from Chicago. He did a haircut and he had one of the best fades that I had seen at the time. I saved it and I compared it to my own. And I'm like, okay, just from the looks of his haircut, I see he took his skin line up to here, the trimmer up to here, the clipper no guard up to here, and you can literally break it down. And the more you do it, you will be able to identify what I'm talking about. Maybe in the beginning, you're not going to really know what I mean by like, okay, where's the shaver line go up to? But if you do it enough and you take the pictures, you'll understand how to break down a photo. And then you can compare it to your own. So I'm like, okay, the next time I'm, I'm going to get a mid fade like this low cut it picture I'm holding, I'm going to follow his steps and I'm going to try to measure it up to what his looks like. And that's kind of how it went from there. And over time, it started to get better because as you're able to notice it through a photo, you're going to be able to break it down even in person because now your eyes are, are becoming more detailed to pick up these things. And it's going to be different, you know, uh, for depending on the person. Because sometimes, I mean, I've seen... I've worked with people that have cut longer than I have and they weren't able to see certain details and that is a, you know, it's a personal choice. I think if you are constantly looking for ways to improve, you can get to those moments faster, those little moments of growth. Um, but if some people don't care, then I don't think those, the detailed eye actually gets better. It's definitely more of a personal choice. So this... I hope helps you guys and just like building that portfolio, building the right first step. And uh, I'm looking forward to the next one. This was a really cool session because it's, you know, it's just getting your head right, you know. So, all right, you guys, I will see you next.